As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. Just before we started recording this episode, I excused myself because I, I had to pee. and as, had to go to the little podcaster's room? Yeah, and so I'm in there, and I'm thinking I better pee quietly because I don't want my friend to hear me pee. And so I turned the fan on, and that reminded me of a shallow end moment that I had uh, a few years ago. Oh. I was hosting this black tie event. I think it was for the Chamber of Commerce or something, and... Uh, it was a gala. This is for reals? This is a true story? This is a true story. And they've got me wired up with, a, you know, a wireless lavalier mic. Mm-hmm. And I made the introductory comments. I welcomed everybody and introduced the first speaker. And then I had to pee. Oh, boy. And so I went into the bathroom and I didn't turn my mic off. And apparently they didn't turn the volume down on the, uh, on the board. Uh-huh. The gain. And I, I start peeing, and I just hear this erupting laughter. <laughs> and then I have this horrifying thought, what if everybody can hear me peeing? And come to find out, everybody could hear me peeing. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So uh, I went up on stage afterwards and tried to pretend like I did it on purpose. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it was a bit. Right. You know? That's what I would have done. Yeah, it's the best I could do. Like the time that you came out on stage when we were doing a live Box of Oddities show with your zipper down and uh, did your whole segment <laughs> yep. uh, with your, uh, your wiener display. Down. Yeah, I think that, was, uh, that would have been uh, one of our Nashville shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at Zany's in Nashville, a legendary comedy club. And I'm doing my entire segment with my fly down. Mm-hmm. One of your better attended shows, probably. Huh? <laughs> well, well they've sure. been better attended since. I can tell you that much. <laughs> you know? You know? Is she right? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready? I am all about ready. Ever been to Canada, Linz? I have been to Vancouver and Toronto. Have you ever been to Canada in the wintertime? Uh, no, I've not. Canadian nights, especially in the winter, can be long and cold and some would say uneventful. And the long and cold part aren't that great. 
But there are some who love the uneventful part, namely the Canadian police. <laughs> I can imagine. Now, I've often thought about that, too. You know, how Canadians have this reputation for being extremely polite. Sure. After having, well, lived in Maine most of my life, or South New Brunswick, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> and actually living in Fredericton, New Brunswick for a year, I can say my experience would support that theory. People are just so damn nice over there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so being a police officer, an officer of the law in Canada, I would think uh, would be far less stressful than being a cop in, say, like, I don't know. Chicago or someplace like that. I would agree. I, I pictured the Canadian police officer pulling over somebody who rolled through an intersection. The officer and the driver are spending like 10 minutes apologizing to each other. <laughs> oh, geez, sorry to bother you, eh? Uh, but it seems as though you may have scooched through that ding-dang intersection without making a complete stop. I just happened to notice I wasn't lurking or nothing. <laughs> ah! Cripe, you're right, officer. Sorry about that. I missed that because I was trying to close back the volume on that geezer of a radio I had. <laughs> okay, well, have a good day. You too. Say hi to the missus. <laughs> they, there's a barbecue in some Canadian neighborhood, and it's getting a little bit loud, so the neighbors call the police, and, and the police officer shows up at the door, but he brings a nice pasta salad with him. And he, <laughs> You don't want to show up empty-handed. Oh, sorry to disturb your barbecue, eh? That the homeowner invites him in for a moose head. I was going to say, uh, yeah, a Molson or a moose head. He politely declines, but does accept a deviled egg. Who among us wouldn't? And then they, they hug it out, and the police officer quietly closes the door behind him. Anyway, none of that happened except in my head. But back in February of 2005, it was one of those cold Canadian winter nights. Mm. Constable Morgan was on duty. Great name. It was a fairly quiet night as this was, well, a pretty rural area and not much goes on even in the summer. It was then that Constable Morgan received notification that somebody had called the emergency line at the police department to report what they thought was a suspected drunk driver. The driver had been witnessed getting into his vehicle in the parking lot at a local bar, fumbling for his keys. He dropped them several times, losing his balance and finally falling into the uh, driver's seat and slamming the door behind him. Snow was beginning to fall as the man tried to leave the parking lot. In the process, oh boy. he swipe, sideswipes a car, Ouch. drives over a median into the main road and weaves down the road. A couple of blocks later, he ran a red light and was witnessed weaving back and forth from one lane to another. Because it was so late in the evening, and this being a rural part of Canada in the dead of winter, there were fortunately very few other people on the road. It was about 1.30 in the morning when Officer Morgan, or Constable Morgan if you will, responded to the call and headed toward the area that the drunk driver was last spotted. And it didn't take long before he located and identified the vehicle. And sure enough, the driver seemed to be a bit impaired. But having seen the police officer behind him was doing his best to appear as though he was in complete control of his vehicle. Mm. Nothing here for you to see, Constable. Oh, no, geez. Keep moving, eh? As soon as he saw the officer, he immediately slowed down. I do that. When I see a police officer, even, oh, sure. even if I'm driving the, stone cold sober. Yeah, yeah. I never drive drunk. Yeah. But even if I'm driving the right speed limit, I slow down. Yeah. 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 I, I'm the same. I have uh, a real hard time 
maintaining my my level of chill mm. uh, around police officers yeah. and uh, have frequently said incredibly inappropriate things to them. Like what? I can't. I, so I had to do uh, one of those sobriety, sobriety tests, yeah. you know, and um, so I thought it would be funny you know, uh, to kind of do like a little a little shimmy while I was doing it, you know, like because it's step, step, right? But then a little hip action, uh-huh. right? Ta, yeah. ta, 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 ta. So a sexy sobriety. It was a little, it, well, it wasn't, I mean, I was doing it, so it was not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he was like, you know, that's that's really not, not necessary. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm so sorry. And then I was like, I love those shoes. Are those... <laughs> Are those standard issue? Are those standard issue? And he's like, yeah, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. Just really nervous. Uh, And he let you go. He did. So you actually took a sobriety test on the side of the road? Yeah. She was sober. Wow. Sober as a judge. Wow. When I lived in Long Beach, I, uh, I had a very good friend who was with the police department, and they would periodically train their DUI squads uh, on how to conduct sobriety tests. And so they uh, took us to a, uh, a local park, like a, a clubhouse at one of the city parks. And uh, the idea was that you were supposed to get good and drunk. Mm-hmm. And then these um, new officers would conduct these sobriety tests. Well, is this, was this a paying gig? They bought the drinks. Oh, well. <laughs> nice. Good enough. And then drove you home, which, you know, was even better. Mm. And uh, they just, uh, all I remember about that evening is they kept referring to us as the drunks. <laughs> all right. We're going to need the drunks over there and officers on the other side. The drunks, uh, yeah. you sit over there for now. Drunks, we're going to need you to get up. And <laughs> Anyway, we digress from your story. Mm, sorry. I, I love that you're willing to do your civic duty. Yeah, anything for law enforcement. Sure. Listen, I'll, I'll drink with the best of them if, if it helps Johnny Law. There you go. So this guy, he sees the police officer behind him, Constable Morgan, and he slows down. And it was almost like he was driving too cautiously. Constable Morgan decided that he would just kind of follow along behind the suspected drunk driver. Mm. And uh, he, so he fell in behind the car. The driver then slowed down even more, almost to a crawl. Yet Constable Morgan just patiently followed behind him. Very smart. Didn't take long for Constable Morgan's uh, suspicions to be uh, confirmed beyond a shadow of a doubt. The driver was impaired. He missed the curve and slid into a large snowbank. Oh, okay. Constable Morgan then flipped his lights on, stopped behind the car, put his patrol car right, right behind him directly behind the suspected drunk driver and approached the vehicle cautiously as a law enforcement officer would do. So he reaches the vehicle door. The driver thought his best option was probably to flee the scene. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So he waited until Morgan got up to the passenger window, and then he stepped on the gas to make a getaway. <laughs> but he's, he's in a snowbank, isn't he? Yeah, unfortunately, the driver... His car was mired in snow, so his wheels were just spinning and he was going nowhere. Now, yeah. Anybody who's ever driven in winter in a snowy area knows what that feels like. So the guy's in the driver's seat trying to make his getaway. <laughs> He's got the pedal to the metal. He's not going anywhere. His wheels are spinning wildly. He's I can not hear it. Yeah. Moved. I'm picturing his speedometer showing something like 65 miles an hour. Yeah, he's standing yeah. still. He's not moving an inch. His speedometer is way up there. That's when Constable Morgan thought he'd have a little fun. So in the middle of winter, 
you know, and he's Canadian and all. So the guy's spinning his tires and Morgan starts running in place alongside the driver's window. (laughs) A constable with a sense of humor. The driver was baffled by what was going on. (laughs) He looked down and was surprised to see that the constable was keeping up with his car, even though, according to his speedometer, he was traveling over 100 kilometers an hour. Wow. (laughs) Constable Morgan, while running in place, reached over and tapped the driver's window with his his flashlight and motioned for the driver to roll the window down. (laughs) Still running in place. I can't run this fast this long, pal. (laughs) The man in a confused state rolled his window down and Morgan said, pull over. (laughs) His response to the order was to hit the gas even harder. No, no, dude. His speedometer reached over 175 kilometers per hour and Constable Morgan was keeping up. Wow. He was running in place alongside the car. The driver was shocked and surprised that Constable Morgan was keeping up with him. Mm. It was then that he finally was convinced he was never going to outrun RoboCop. So (laughs) no matter how fast he went, it seemed like Officer or Constable Morgan was keeping up with him every step of the way. So finally he let off the gas. He put his signal on and turned his wheel and brought his car to what he thought was a complete stop. <laughs> the man got out of the car apologizing profusely and was led to con- by Constable Morgan to his squad car, which had magically followed them across the frozen tundra. So weird. Wow. The man was booked for operating a vehicle under the influence, attempting to flee a police officer, but Morgan kindly threw out the speeding charges. Uh That was very nice. During his arraignment, the man, who was still extremely inebriated, spent a good time telling the judge what an unbelievable athlete Constable Morgan was. (laughs) (laughs) A good point. My source information was the Canadian LE Bulletin from February of 2005. Mm -hmm. Constable Morgan, what a guy. Give it up for Constable Morgan. I can just see the look on the guy's face. (laughs) This guy's just jogging along beside the car, and the dude thinks he's going 175 kilometers an hour. (laughs) That's priceless. And the cop isn't even breaking a sweat. Yeah, I was going to say, he must have, as he's walking him back to the patrol car, the guy must have said, I I can't believe you're not even breathing hard. (laughs) (laughs) He says, I want you to breathe hard into this device, if you don't mind. Wow. Amazing. That's a great one, man. Yeah, I found that. I couldn't wait to tell you guys that story. <laughs> That's there. a great one. <laughs> Just jogging along beside the... That's some quick thinking. Yeah. I'm tired now. Yeah, I'm exhausted. From all the chuckling. <laughs> You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. For millennia, he was in charge. He decided everything. He ruled everywhere, from empires to small villages. And he did it all with ego, an iron fist, and misguided dreams. All of which makes the Museum of the Ignorant White Male your summer destination experience. Open seven days a week. The Museum of the Ignorant White Male showcases the unique things he used to dominate American history. Come see the covered wagon he drove westward, displacing people of color. The drinking fountain sign that read, Whites Only. 
the three-piece suit he wore to three martini lunches, only to come back to work and scream at hourly workers who went a few minutes over their 30-minute lunch break. Even the typewriter used by his female secretary, the one that approved lower wages for female employees doing the same work as men. Good times, huh? The museum is free of charge to people of color and white women. White males pay through the nose. The Museum of the Ignorant White Male, just off Interstate 4 in Orlando. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history? If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, part of the Area of Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir, zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. No glass by the pool. Get your kids sippy cup and fill that bitch with cocktails. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toff. Martin sends us an email at lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. Hello, shallow enders. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Martin from SoCal here. That's that's what the kids call Southern California. Am I correct, Linz? Yeah. And you know, it's not so much the kids as it is um, TV and radio stations. Oh, really? Love to say, you know, we'll check SoCal traffic after this. I remember my short time in Los Angeles, uh, people referring to it as the Southland. Yes. Love the Southland. Anyway, Martin says, listening to episode 10, you talk about the Titanic song being played as you were waiting to get on a cruise. I have to one-up you on this one, and this is 100% true, and it happened to me. I went on a cruise a little while ago, 20-plus years, and on my way there, on the plane, 
Back then, they only played one movie for everyone and then filled the rest of the time with TV shows. I remember that. They played the movie Six Days and Seven Nights about a plane that crashes on an island. We just watched that not long ago with Anne Hayes yeah. and, and Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. Harrison Ford. I loved that movie. That's a great film. And then on the cruise ship, they played Titanic as one of the feature movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I did make it back home without incident, but it felt like a bad omen the whole trip. I can only imagine. Yeah. Thank you for sending that, Martin, and we're glad you made it back home safe. Safe to SoCal. This is actually a, uh, a suggested story from a, um, a listener named Lisa. Did not provide a last name. I remember vividly the very first story you told, JG, on this series. It was about that guy who climbed onto the bottom of the tanker truck. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. To yeah. drink red wine. The wine while, guy. Yeah, in his, uh, in his underwear, as I recall, <laughs> through yep. Central California. And I remember thinking at the time, boy, I bet you we never do a story like that one. <laughs> well, man, was I naive, because this is episode 22, and that was back in episode one. I want to take us all back to the, not back, I want to take us all to the dark highways that traverse the states of Kansas and Oklahoma, specifically I-35. Been on it many times. So picture you're driving the southbound stretch of I-35, and it's after midnight. And maybe you're tired and you're not sure if, you know, your eyes are playing tricks on you. Because as you approach a tractor trailer in the right lane, you're in, you're in the left lane, you could almost swear that you see a man clinging to the back of that semi tractor trailer. Oh, no. Now, the flow of traffic is about 70 miles per hour. It's night. It's almost like that. Uh, remember that Twilight Zone where either William Shatner or John Lithgow, depending on which one you saw, sees thinks he sees a gremlin on the tip of the airplane. Something, on, Something the on the wing. Some. Something Some on the wing. Thing. <laughs> That's the Shatner version. That's the Shatner remember. version, of course. I actually just went back to watch that again, the, the John Lithgow version, and it's just as creepy as I remember it being in the in the theater. Yeah. Mm. Well, see, the the John Lithgow version is the the movie, and right. the Shatner version is the show. Is the TV series. That's right. Yeah. Well, this is very similar to what happened, and this was actually only a few weeks ago on I-35, running between Wichita, Kansas, south toward Guthrie, Oklahoma, which is just north of Oklahoma. If you go on Google Maps, you're going to see that that is over 134 miles. Oh, So it's after midnight, a truck driver has just left a shipping yard in Wichita. He actually picked up this this load before midnight, but it's now after midnight. He's about an hour into this drive. And he realizes that cars are flashing their high beams as they pass him. And he thinks, well, that's kind of weird, but he doesn't really think that much about it. You have to know that a number of people in cars and even other trucks didn't see this vision on the back of the rig <laughs> because it's pitch black it's this very desolate stretch there's not even a lot of of uh you know side of the highway uh street lights that that kind of thing and even if you did happen to see this you'd probably think it, well, it must be your imagination or maybe maybe it's a piece of artwork on the back of the doors or uh like a piece of plastic a trash bag or something sure. but no one in their right mind would think that's that's a human being 
clinging to the to the truck <laughs> like his or her life depended on it. But that's exactly what was going on. Oh my God. Now, after enough of this has gone on, that the driver continues to see more and more cars trying to get his attention by flashing their headlights as as they pass. And, you know, they're gesturing, but it's not like he can roll down the window and hear what they're saying. Constable Morgan should have run up beside the truck and let Wouldn't him know. That great. <laughs> At 75 miles an hour. We know he can do that. <laughs> but fortunately, people who had seen this this weird sight, they end up calling 911. And the Logan County Sheriff's Office starts getting these phone calls and people are panicked. And some of them even say, hey, listen, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm being pranked. Another truck driver who called 911 said he thought it was like a bad Halloween prank, but it really shook him up. So the driver of the truck finally sees the sheriffs and the state troopers flashing lights and pulls over. Smokey set off the bubblegum machine. <laughs> Talk about a time reference, huh? It's only funny if you're old. Now, keep in mind, it's still pitch black on the side of the road. Okay. So when the driver gets out, he walks to the back of his truck. And sure enough, standing on the trailer, on the back of this trailer, gripping with a death-like grip the bars on the back of those doors is a 30-year-old man named Dustin Slocum. How's that for a name? It's like a country western star. It does. It does, doesn't it? Dustin Slocum and the (laughs) 18-wheelers. So the driver appears to be just as surprised and taken aback as the deputies and the troopers who responded. In fact, it looks like the passenger, Dustin Slocum, is about the only one who's not shaken up by this. People are freaked. And in the body cam video, you can actually see one of the deputies kind of laughing and trying to figure out what to say. And she finally says to Slocum, hey, you're good, dude. It's just something new for me. I've, I've never seen this happen before, man. But you can see and hear in her, you can hear in her voice that she's, she's really shaken up by this. And a trooper named Eric Foster with the Oklahoma Highway Patrol later told reporters he was just holding on to the rail at the back of the trailer. Now, Slocum tells troopers that he was offered this ride, that the driver said, (laughs) hey, jump on back. Sure. Uh But after they've got got him down off the back of of this trailer, at one point, uh, you can see in this body cam video, another trooper actually climbs up onto the back of the semi and kind of recreates this pose that Slocum had because he can't figure out how you manage to do this for more than even a few miles. Right. But this is uh, this is 134 miles. Wow. So that's at least two hours that this guy has got this death grip on the back of this truck. And that trooper says to another deputy, dude, can you even believe this? <laughs> He's gripped these door handles for more than two and a half hours, over 134 miles from Wichita to Guthrie, Oklahoma. Holy crap. He was arrested. And something, you know, troopers said they were grateful to be able to arrest him because they were thinking of the the worst case scenario that this guy would ultimately lose his grip at 70 miles an hour. And you can only guess what that would have been like. Yeah. 
So even though he's now arrested, he's actually an extremely lucky guy. Why why did he do this? He just needed a ride somewhere? This is the this is the best part. I don't know, it's been pretty good up till now. <laughs> they get him cuffed in the back of the car and finally they get the chance to ask him what everybody's thinking. Why would you do this? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, "I was just looking for my wife back in Kansas." <laughs> What? Now, even though he's well into Oklahoma, he claimed he was just looking for his wife back in Kansas. But once he got on the back of that truck and realized they'd passed into Oklahoma, there was really no way to get the driver's attention because, right. you know, it's not like there's an intercom system or right. he could call the cell phone if he had the, the driver's cell phone. He was just <laughs> looking for his wife in Kansas. Wow, and and so he thought this was a free ride to Kansas. I guess, uh, I guess, or or his wife was in the back of the truck. So far, we don't know. He was he was actually formally charged with being intoxicated in public. Oh, surprise, okay. surprise! There, yeah, and joyriding. Mm. Both charges listed as misdemeanor crimes. He has pleaded not guilty to both and is out on a. $2,000 bond. Let's just hope the poor kid finally found his wife. Yeah, well. I got this from newson6.com, Guthrie News page, and okcfox.com. Wow. It's wow. one lucky guy. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. Two hours? Two and a half hours. Wow. And I'm picturing at, you know, this this time of the year, it's dark. It's already got to be cold out at that time of night to say nothing of the wind right. that's got to be coming onto you from from anything moving 75 miles an hour. I mean, that's just right. Right. Yeah. the kid that is just lucky to be alive. Yeah, no kidding. I, I remember riding my motorcycle on the interstate uh, in, in not even cold weather, just chilly weather it's freezing i can't fathom yeah. when you're out there at 70 miles an hour it's freezing yeah and i'm guessing you had like a you know a jacket and proper attire no i was i was nude <laughs> <laughs> again with the zipper down thing yeah well yeah. you know judging by the booking photo it looks like mr slocum might not always make the best decisions but i'm kind of guessing he was probably like in you know 501s and a t-shirt ouch you know, proper attire when you go looking for your wife on the back of a moving semi-truck. Sure. It's a timeless look. Yeah, it's a good look. Great story, Linz. I love it. <sighs> Glad everyone was safe. Do you know why this is um, one of my favorite times of the year? Pumpkin spice? Well, actually more than the pumpkin spice. Looking forward to Box of Oddities Halloween shows where we oh. get to hear oh, yeah. listeners' stories told by the listeners. I really look forward to it, too. And we, we got uh, a lot of entries this year. In fact, so many were thinking we might even add a bonus episode. How cool would that be? And uh, you could check that out by uh, going to theboxofoddities.com. Or, you know, if you are already a subscriber, it'll just land on your phone. Like magic. Like Halloween magic. Great cross-promote, guys. Thanks. Well done. <laughs> it's the radio in us. It's a very special episode. <laughs> Of the shallow end. <laughs> On a very special shallow end, JG and Kat shamelessly promote the box of oddities. <laughs> and Blossom starts her period. <laughs> I was this yeah. close to saying, yeah. On a very. 
<laughs> very special blossom, but yeah, I thought, well. no. So I'm glad, Can glad you did that, Can we talk about Tanya. how much I love Mayim Bialik on Jeopardy? Sure. Oh. You know, when, when I first heard, I remember reading that, that she was tapped to be the uh, the new host, and I remember thinking, I must have read <laughs> My Bialik, yeah. My Bialik? Yeah. What? That's got to be a misprint. There's, somebody's getting punked. <laughs> but, man, she is fantastic. She's, the thing is, when you are so, so smart, like she is so, so smart, she can present it knowledgeably. Yeah. Alex did all the research, and he spent so much time just make. I'm sorry, I just love Alex Trebek, and I talk about him in like in, you know like we're buds. Um, but I feel like she just has that that base where she can she mm. can do it yeah. knowledgeably, and yeah. it's she does a great job. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. She's great. You have to really give her props just to have the courage mm. to try and replace. Alex Trebek. Right. And of course, Ken Jennings is doing great, too. Because you know that both of those people, I mean, you know, you're never going to replace Johnny Carson. No. So just the to your point, the guts to step into that spot and and think, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, it's courageous. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge props. Absolutely. Anyway, how do we get on to? I don't know. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, it's OK. Because you mentioned Blossom. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. OK. And, and a very special <laughs> period episode anyway go to the box of oddities.com yeah you can find out more there <laughs> if you want to send us an email here at the shallow end it's lifeguard at shallow thanks for hanging out with us remember to make good choices your life might depend on it so concludes another episode of the shallow end with schnebley and toff we thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine, and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask, just trust us. Okay, gotta go. Hello everyone, it's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Cheers!